Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. The Bible says unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? And I'm asking today that you would work with me in this sermon. Tuesday night during the Hedge prayer service, and we had a wonderful crowd, and I hope that you'll be here this Tuesday night. I believe in prayer. While I was praying, the Lord put this message on my heart and it has been burning in my spirit all week. I have preached on this subject numbers of times. I'll be honest with you. I have dug into this subject far deeper than what I'm going to go today. But it is a subject that I feel like is pertinent for this hour. Very important. I believe it's life changing for this hour. And the question is, what if Jesus came back today? What if this was today? What if you got an inside tip, a text, an email, a phone call, and someone said to you, look, I just want to tell you, get your house in order, get it together. I just got some inside information. Jesus is coming back today. I wonder how that would change the rest of your day. I wonder how it would change your outlook. And you might say, well, I'm not going to get a text and I'm not going to get an email and I'm not going to get an inside tip. But I want you to start living, all of us, me included, as though this would be the day. And if Jesus doesn't come back today as though Tomorrow may be the day. Because the Bible does say, unto them that look for him shall he appear. Today I'm going to be addressing the subject of the rapture. There are those who want to debate that and make a big issue over it. I'm not one of those. Um, some people will say there's not a rapture. Some people will want to argue there's a pre-tribulation rapture, a mid-tribulation rapture, a post-tribulation rapture. And we can debate that until we don't have any more breath to debate. The bottom line is, I just want to be ready. And I know that he gave this promise that he's able to keep that which is committed unto him. I personally believe in pre-tribulation rapture. I believe that's what the Bible supports, but I don't want to have arguments with you. If you want to believe you're going through the tribulation, believe that. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I really don't. And, uh, and I hope you are wrong and I hope I'm right. But if you're right and I'm wrong, he's still going to keep us no matter what we go through. Amen. Amen? So let's get focused on the real thing. Be ready for whenever he does come. Let's don't be dis divisive and, and say, well, I don't believe how you believe. Just believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And if he's coming again, let's be ready for him. The scripture tells us in Luke 
uh, chapter 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourselves. Everyone say to yourselves. Okay, I, I want to drive that home before we're seated. I, I love my dear mother, and she's had an impact in my life. She's made a major difference in my life. But my mom could not serve the Lord for me. She could only point me to the Lord. And if I don't live right, that's not going to keep my mama from going to heaven. So Luke was saying, take heed to yourself. Make sure you get yourself straight. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. If I could put that in a little nutshell, I would say, Take care of yourself so that the things of the world do not hinder you in your walk with the Lord. Father God, I pray that you would touch us now. I pray that you would anoint every one of us, not only the ones in this sanctuary, but the ones who are watching uh, over the internet, through Facebook, various means. I pray, dear God, that the same Holy Spirit that anoints in here will anoint as it goes forth. Let your word be powerful. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. <clears throat> Approximately 1,600 years had passed since the creation of Adam and Eve and um, from Genesis chapter 4 to Genesis chapter 16, there was about 1,600 years that had passed during that time frame. And, and what had happened is the world had become uh, increasingly evil in 1,600 years. Wickedness is not new. But I, I want you to look with me to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Here's what the scripture says. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, that was in Genesis chapter 6. If I had not put Genesis chapter 6, would you think I was quoting from a modern-day writer? That wickedness is great in the earth, and the imagination of thoughts in the heart is, is wickedness continually. In, in verse uh, 11, it goes on, and it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. I, I wish for a sermon like this to really be able to fully have its impact, I would need to preach probably for about three hours, and I'm not going to do that. But I am going to tell you to please write down these verses 
In verse 12, it goes on, and, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And, and it, it goes on to say, it repented God that he had made man. In other words, you ever made a mistake where you just walked off and you went, I just wish I wouldn't have done that. I just wish I wouldn't have done that. Now, I want to just put it to you this way. I, I, I have counseled many, many people that their marriage went bad. And I can't tell you how many times that I've had someone say, I just wish I wouldn't have jumped into it. I just wish I wouldn't have married that person. They're different than what I thought they were. Well, God was having one of those, I wish I hadn't done it moments. And he was wishing that it had not been you and I here on this planet. He had such high hopes for us. He, he was hoping that man would appreciate what he had done and what he had made for us. He was hoping that man would worship him and love him and, and try to do right. And man had just gotten so deprived spiritually, God said, I just wish I wouldn't have done it. I wonder if God regrets you being made, me being made. God, help me to live so that you find joy. Let me live so that you find pleasure in me. And then in 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse 4, 4 through 6, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should live ungodly. Now, I wanted to throw that out because I want to make sure you understand that God is a fair God. God destroyed the planet with a flood because there was sin. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because there was sin. And God has said that he is going to destroy the earth again with fervent heat. And it's because of sin. So I'm here today to tell you that if God's done it two times, I would pretty much say as be a safe bet to say, if he said he was going to do it the third time, he'll do it. Now, <clears throat> You might right now have already shut off the spiritual TV and said, I don't want to hear any more of that because I don't serve a mean God. I serve a loving God. I serve a loving God too, but I serve a fair God. And God said, the soul that sins, it shall die. He, he said that across the board. So if you're sinning, it's not God's plan. It's not God's will, God's desire for you to be uh, consumed or destroyed but he has given us the guidelines and we must live by that. 
And then in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4, it tells a little bit about how the end time is. And it says, uh, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, preacher, we have heard this. And I, I want to be very honest and upfront with you. I, as a child, when a preacher would preach on this, it would scare the pants off of me. I'm, I'm just telling you. I, I, I would listen and go, oh, Lord, I hope I'm right. I hope I'm ready. One of the things that helped me get saved is because I, I had heard stories about the coming of the Lord, and I believed what the man was preaching, and, and I knew that if I died, I wouldn't go into heaven, and, and I wanted to get it right. And, and what was so dumb is I laid there night after night afraid to go to sleep, afraid that I'd wake up in hell when all I had to do was say, Jesus, I'm sorry of my sins. Please forgive me. And there's some of you here today possibly that for whatever reason you keep pushing the Lord away, there might be someone who's watching this through Facebook that uh, you or a family member keeps pushing God away. How ridiculous, how preposterous is that, that you would reject God when you have an opportunity to get it right and not have to worry about it. In Luke, in fact, if I wasn't right with God, I'd breathe that prayer right now. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus. That simple. In Luke chapter 17, verse 26 and 27, it says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, I just want to tell you, uh, he was describing life. But he was, what he was saying is they got caught up in life and they were not concerned about their spiritual well-being. Hear me. I want you to have nice houses and nice cars and nice clothes and nice things. But if that is hindering you from really serving the Lord, uh, and, and how can that happen, preacher? Because people get caught up in things, get caught up in activities, get caught up in life. And if, if you're not careful, you will allow life to snuff out your spiritual well-being. And that's what happened in the days of Noah. People were going through the motions. Everything was okay. Now, may I just be very honest with you? From a, from a natural perspective, not a spiritual perspective, but from a natural perspective, most people in America would probably say, I don't really need Jesus to come back right now. I mean, come on, the economy has, has turned, things are good, people are making money. Uh, you can just look, there's some vacancies in the, in the house right here today. People are traveling. I, I mean, it, it, things are good. Uh, and, and if you don't think they're good in America, I do encourage you to go on a missions trip. 
and just see how other people are living in this world. In America, we've got it pretty good right now. I, but when things turn bad, it seems like at that point, people start, oh, Lord, please come back soon. I, I can't keep going through what I'm going through. But right now, in the natural, I would have to say that most people would say, I don't really need the Lord. Or either we have been rocked to sleep enough that the devil says, it's going to happen, but it's just not going to happen anytime soon. So don't worry, you little sweet soul about it. Just handle that later on. It's kind of like if you don't buy auto insurance and you get in a wreck. Mm, wish I'd have done that. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? So here we are and Noah at this point was about a hundred years old and God tells him or pardon me, he was about a hundred years in building the ark. I want, I want this to drive home to you for, can you imagine if you and I could live for over a hundred years? But every time you came to church, morning, at night, Wednesday night, every time, I would tell you, turn in your Bibles, to the book of Luke chapter 17, and I preach Jesus is coming back every single time. For a hundred years, you heard the same message. It would be something like this. Myrtle, I don't think I'm going this morning because all that preacher wants to talk about is the coming of the Lord. I believe there were some people back in Noah's day that was probably the same way. I'm not going around Noah. Noah's gone off his rocker. Noah's crazy. All he wants to talk about is that there's going to be a flood. He's building that ridiculous boat, and he's calling for something called rain, and it's not ever happened, and it's not going to happen. This is the dumbest thing. And plus, every time I get near Noah, he tells me that same thing. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better get ready. And I believe that's the condition of our world today, that we have heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it, until the point that now we think, yeah, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. I, I don't really think it needs to be addressed. But I must tell you that there are things happening. I, again, if I had three hours, I would go into a lot more detail. But I want to tell you of two things. Where, and as it was in the days of Noah, they were eating and they were drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And basically, if I can just put that in our common, basically they were partying, sleeping around, having orgies. They, they, were, they were in a bad situation. And you might say, well, uh, how is that with us? I, I want to tell you two things. Right now in California, California has legislation right now. You can look it up for yourself. It's already passed their house and it's been sent to their Senate that if this law is passed that a preacher or a teacher cannot openly address anything that uh, deals with the uh, 
let me make sure I've got it written out right. The LGBTQ community. If you say it's not a good lifestyle, that the Bible speaks against it, then you can be arrested. They want preachers not to be able, and teachers not to be able to speak a biblical position on that subject. It's called censorship. And if it happens there, many, many people, many, many states in our nation follow California. California could say whatever. It can be preposterous and people fall in line with it. But yet still it's already passed their house and it's in their Senate. We need to pray that that does not pass. This week I read that a mainline church, I feel like naming the church, but I'm not going to do it. A denomination. I would like to name it, but I'm not. It makes me sick to my stomach when I read things like this. It makes me angry. But a mainline denomination in America just recently have become very endorsing of whatever lifestyle, however people want to live. But recently they celebrated a drag queen Sunday and, and had a drag queen that spoke to their congregation. I just want to tell you, we're messed up. We're messed up. Yet still, we want to think, hey, everything is cool. I really don't need to address this issue because everything is good. Everything isn't good. Our economy might be doing okay, but our moral economy is failing. We need a revival of morality. People are lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Simply stated, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If, if I think it's okay, I'm going to do it. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And, and I'm just telling you, you and I don't have the ability to guide our morality within ourselves. We, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. You can't walk right. You can't talk right without the help of Almighty God. It doesn't matter. So for a hundred years, this man is building a boat and he says, come on. Now listen, everybody had an opportunity. God didn't shut anybody out. God let Noah, you would think that somebody, now I, I want to tell you, I, I, I'm a frustrated preacher. I get frustrated. If I know someone that I've preached to or that I've taught or that I have worked with, that they're not living right, I'm going to tell you, it keeps me, it, it keeps me on edge. It, it burdens me. It brings me down. I, I want everybody to go to heaven. Can you imagine the frustration of Noah? Wonder if he ever had prayers like this. God, give me some fresh material. God, give me a new idea. I'm not getting any converts. I've been preaching for a hundred years and nothing's happening. But then all the warning The scoffers were there, the mockers, 
then God said, get on. Noah and his family got in the boat. And the Bible says God shut the door. And I want you to imagine the people outside that they were doing what they had always been doing. They went to work, kissed their wife goodbye in the morning, went out to the field, and then it happened. It started happening. What was that? That wasn't a bird. That looked like water. Bap. Bap. What's happening here? Something's coming out the sky that we've never seen before. Noah said that it was going to rain. Uh-oh, this might be it. This might be the time. Oh, Lord, help. And I imagine, and when, when I get to heaven, I would like to ask God this. What did it look like around the ark when it really started raining? Don't you imagine that there were thousands and thousands of people pushing in, trying to get to that boat? It's for real. He said it was going to happen, and it's happening. And, and can you imagine, Noah, you know me. I got money, big guy. Work me a deal. Just help me get in. And there's a lot of people who think they can work a deal. But it's not if you got money. It's not if you've got a pedigree. It's not if you've got degrees from here to California. Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? The soul cleansing blood of the lamb. Can you imagine what that was like? And I wonder today, where would I have been if I would have lived in that day? Now, the Bible tells us that there is going to be a catching away. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to read two verses for you. And, and I, I hear arguments from uh, the word rapture is not in the Bible. And y'all heard Perry Stone. There's a whole lot of words not in the Bible. So I'm not going to debate that with you. But the, the, the event, it's not called rapture. But the event is talked about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52. Let me turn to that. Maybe I didn't give that one to Brother Roger or did I? Here it is. Well, he's got it. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, or pardon me, shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So there's an a situation here that we must address. Is there a rapture? Is there a second coming of the Lord? And I would say, yes, there is. I would declare to you that there really is. Now, what is the rapture? It is a catching away. The Bible here says in a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump of God. Now, we don't know when it's going to be. The Bible said, Jesus himself said, no man knows the day nor the hour when the coming of the Lord will be. But we know it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And so we must be ready. Now, I want to show you a little video. I'll just be honest with you. The video quality is not real good. But I, I just would like for you to put yourself in this congregation. And if this was real today, where would you be in this situation? Brother Rogers, show that video if you don't mind. Chapter 24, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month. Or he might come next week. Or he could even come... you might say, oh, you're trying to scare us. No, I'm not trying to scare you. I watched that video and I, the first time I watched it, I had the volume turned up and boom. <laughs> I didn't go into rapture, but I did go up that high. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you, I, I have thought about that subject many times. Have I just done church? Have I just done religion? Have I just gone through the motions? Or am I really living right? So I want to ask you some probing questions. This is how the Lord dealt with me on, on Tuesday night. Are you ready beyond a shadow of a doubt for Christ to return? If there's any doubt, you can get it solved by simply saying, Lord, search me as the psalmist did. Search me and see if there be any wicked way. If there's anything in my life that ought not to be, forgive me. Teach me, Lord. But I, I want to go, would you be happy or sad if the rapture took place? Now, you might say, well, I'm going to be happy because I'm going. But wonder what heaven, when, when the Bible says, and God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Do you know how that would be? Or can you imagine, I would say, if we got to heaven and we said, hey, how are y'all doing? Glory to God. But your wife or your friend or your parents, someone close to you, they're not there, no matter where you look, you couldn't find them. The Bible says God will wipe away the tears from their eyes. I wanna ask you another probing question. Would somebody that you know not go because of you? Well, I just want to make sure I go. That's the mentality of a lot of people. But I just want to tell you, I don't want just me to go. I want everybody to go. 
I even want people who have done me wrong to go. I, want pe I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want any, the Bible says the tribulation will happen after this. And may I tell you, God himself said that will be a time like has never been before on the face of this earth. I mean, it's beyond description. But I want to ask you, when, or I want to tell you a story. When, when, I was, when I was growing up, there was a young lady that was in our youth group. Her dad was a man that I looked up to. I thought he... Uh, he was just someone special. But see, I learned a lesson too. You better not look at man because man will fail you. Man will fail you. But I looked up to this guy and I, I've never forgotten what this girl said. Her, her life went down the tube. She did some terrible things, but she told me, she said, you and the church do not know the real person that is my daddy what he is at home is not what he is at church i wonder how many people that we come in contact go if that's a christian i don't want anything to do with it wonder how many people won't go to heaven because of us I, let me go ahead and i'm, I'm going to get in parenting 101 Wonder how many kids won't go because mom and daddy don't have backbone enough to say, get your behind up and get to church. I would not have gone to church as a kid. I faked it trying to be sick because I wanted to stay home. And my mom gave me two things. One, get up and the good people of the church will pray for you and God will heal you. <laughs> when that didn't work, she said, I'm going to give you five minutes to be ready or either I'm coming back in here with the belt. <laughs> I want to tell you, I got up. I'm in the house of God still today because there was a mama and a daddy who said, I'm the mama and I'm the daddy and you're the child. We need to have people who will step up and say, God put you under my authority and until you're from underneath my roof, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay. I want Brother Josh to come here and I, I want this to be the, the throne of God for just a moment. I, 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 need, I need some others to come here real quick. All of us are gonna stand before the judgment. Now I want you to hear this in closing. I'm just about through. I want everyone to listen to me very carefully. A lot of people do not realize that the altar is a judgment place. I believe in having an altar because it is a place of judgment. Listen to me. When you come to the altar and you say, dear God, I am sorry of my sins. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Let me tell you what God does. God says, you are guilty. 
That's a fair God. He's going to say, you are wrong. You sinned. You did wrong. You're guilty. That's fair, isn't it? God judges everyone like that. But then God does something else. His son, his son's blood covers us. And we're redeemed. And then the judge, almighty God, declares, redeemed. You went down there and you were found guilty. Now, here's what's important. When you're judged here, you're not going to have to stand in front of God at the white throne judgment. If you stand in front of God at the white throne judgment, you're going to hell. That's it. But if you're judged here, you go to heaven. That's how it is. I wish I had a long time to deal with that. I don't. But I want to end tonight, today with Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. It talks about the works of the flesh. Now, I'm just going to say these people come and they're standing at an altar and they're asking Christ to forgive them of their sins. And, and I'm going to name out sins that God named in Galatians chapter 5. And, and I want the judge to pronounce judgment on each one of them. This is how it happens at the altar. Adultery. Guilty, but redeemed. Fornication. Guilty, but redeemed. Uncleanness, which means lustful and morally deficient. Guilty, but redeemed. Lasciviousness, which is a person that uses filthy words and vulgar body movements. Guilty, but redeemed. Idolatry. Guilty, but redeemed. Witchcraft. Guilty, but redeemed. Hatred. Guilty, but redeemed. Variance. Guilty, but redeemed. Emulations, which means fierce indignation. Guilty, but redeemed. Wrath. Guilty, but redeemed. Strife. Guilty, but redeemed. Seditions, which is being divisive in your actions. Guilty, but redeemed. Heresies, which is divisive doctrine. Guilty, but redeemed. Envyings. Guilty, but redeemed. Murders. Guilty, but redeemed. Drunkenness. Guilty, but redeemed. Revelings. Guilty, but redeemed. And then God summed it up and said, and such like. Guilty, but redeemed. Amen. Would you all stand with me, please? That's as simple as it is right there. I, why I wanted to make that last point is I wanted you to see that that's how simple it is. When I went to an altar, I was guilty. When you went to an altar, you were guilty. Some of us have just visited the altar, but we haven't really asked God to wash us and change us and cleanse us. And so all you have to do at this point is say, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way. 
I, I want my altar team to come at this time. And, and I've been doing this quite a bit lately, but I, I feel like I need to do this again because how important it is to me is I want every person, I, I, I could call you out, I could single you out, I could say, hey, is there anyone committed to adultery? Come on up here. There's a good chance that I wouldn't get very many people. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't want people knowing all my business. You don't have to tell all your business to everybody. Just let your business be known to the Lord. And the one who can make a difference is this. You might, you might have something that I didn't name. That's why God at the end put, and such like. But one of the things I can assure you today is that Jesus Christ is going to come back. And whether we believe it's going to come back today, he's going to come back today or a year from now or a hundred years, you better be ready. And, and let's just throw it out right here. You might say, well, I don't believe he's going to come back anytime soon, so I'll take care of that later on. You don't even have the promise of your next breath. There's a story that is told, and I'm going to end with this. There's a song that was written as a result of this, and this actually happened. It's called, the name of the song was called Plenty of Time. The story is about a young man that sat on the very back pew of the church. The pastor gave an altar invitation and he felt extremely compelled that, that it was a, a night. And he, and he kept on, he just kept on inviting people because he felt so strongly in his spirit that someone was standing between earth and eternity. So here's what happened. People who sat near saw the young man as he gripped the back of the pew. One person witnessed and said he gripped it so hard that his knuckles literally turned white. After pleading and begging, the young man scooted out and went out of the church. Someone had witnessed that he had written a little something and put it in the hymn book and put it back in the rack before he left. They didn't pay much attention to that. And it wasn't long before they heard a horrendous crash. The church was near a railroad track. And when they went outside, they saw that a car had been hit and, and the train had demolished and this they found out that it was a young man who was on the back pew who had had an opportunity the person went back and looked in the hymn book wanted to see what he had written and what he wrote was 
I'm young. I have plenty of time. So what if Jesus doesn't come back for another hundred years? Let's give it a thousand. But what if you and I face eternity tomorrow? I, I just want you to be ready. Preacher, I don't like sermons like this because I, I feel uncomfortable and I feel nervous and I feel, I, I, I feel like, I, I, I feel like, you know what you feel like is you feel like that a loving God has sent the Holy Spirit your way to tug on your heart and say, just get it right. Just get it right. And it's free. So I'm going to ask every person, every person, whether you're the closest to God or you're so far away from God that you can't even imagine God ever forgiven you. I'm asking some, everyone, if you'd make a move toward this altar, every person, come on, come on very quickly. Listen, I'm not just doing a, an open altar call to be doing it, but I believe it's so important. I don't want to see anyone walk out. I don't want to see anyone say, I got plenty of time to handle this. I want this to be your hour. Come on, crowd in, push in. Even like you were pushing in to Noah's Ark, push in. Come on, get in. Get in. Jesus, look here. The Holy Spirit has just moved across this congregation. He's just moved in here. That tenderizing that you're feeling in your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. He's loving on you right now. And he's inviting you. Won't everyone please listen to me? Everyone, please hear me. You and I do not deserve anything from God. Nothing, nothing. We do, we, we do not deserve anything from him. So today, if the devil's telling you, you don't deserve it, that's true. But I'm asking you today to go past that because I never deserved God to do anything good for me, but in his mercy and in his grace, he forgave me every sin that I ever committed. Now, we're getting ready to pray. I want everyone to listen to me. You've done some things wrong. You know you have. I have. I'm human like you are. Are you hearing me? I'm human like you are. There's days that I fall short. There's days that I don't mark up. There's days that I feel bad and I'm ashamed. We've done some things wrong. Today we're gonna to get it right. And there's not gonna be condemnation because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We're gonna try to get our spiritual life lined up so that our, our failures, you know if you're weak, 
Look here. You know if that tongue is doing things that it ought not to do, saying words it ought not to say, uttering things. You know if you're looking at things and participating in things that you ought not to. You know all that. I don't have to call it all out. But I'm asking you to do two things real quick. Lord, expose me before your righteousness. Expose my, my weaknesses and my, my sins and my failures. Expose it. And then forgive me. Jesus. I cannot tell you how much I love you, says the Lord. I cannot describe to you for you to fully comprehend the depth of love that I have for you. My son will return and he will come. But you must be ready. Do not let the cares of this world, do not let the things of this life keep you from the joys that I have prepared for you, says the Lord. Would you lift up your hand right now and recognize, thank you, Father, for the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. Thank you, Lord. Right now is the time to pray. Father God, Father God, search us. Lord, search us. Maybe we haven't been the men that we ought to be and maybe we haven't been the women we ought to be. Maybe we've not been the young people or the children that we ought to be. Maybe we've played religion and played church. Maybe we've done all kinds of things, dear Lord, that maybe we've just not been all that you want us to be. Forgive us, Lord. But Lord, right now, would you shine your loving light on us and expose us? Is there anything wrong? Is there anything impure? Is there anything that is hanging into our lives? Please, dear God, expose it right now so that we can, we can ask you to forgive us. And then, dear Lord, right now, forgive us. We ask that you would please forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us, dear Lord, for not being the example, the shining light, not doing all that we should do. Please forgive us. Dear God, you know that we love you. But sometimes we just need a reminder. And we ask, dear Lord, that you would help us to keep this sermon in front of us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.